Hi, psychology nerds. Welcome to Psychology and Stuff, the podcast on psychology out of Phoenix Studios at the University of Wisconsin, Green Bay. I'm Ryan Martin, host of Psychology and Stuff, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host and my friend, the chair of the UW-Green Bay Psychology Program, Dr. Georgina Wilson-Dundras. How's it going, G? It is going great. Wow, you are talking really quickly today. What is going on? No, I'm all adrenaline. Ever since I <laughs> fell down the stairs yesterday, Georgina knows this. Listeners, I fell down a flight of stairs yesterday. I'm okay. But uh, I did stumble, and it was ridiculous from start to finish. Yep. And so, you know, like today, just a preview, we're talking a little bit about performance. And so maybe we could get some advice about performing walking down the stairs properly, yeah. because I'm thinking somersaulting, probably no. not the way to go. Yeah, it was a real fail. And you're right. I think I am going to uh, bring that to our guests today and ask them, <laughs> what, what are some strategies I can use? I'm a little, I'll be honest, I'm a little gun shy on the stairs right now as I, as I walk up and down them. I keep thinking, I don't this is this for me? Maybe I need to buy a ranch style home and uh, <laughs> just live on the first floor from here on out. Well, I'm so, so to, glad that you're all right though. That's just, that's the most important. Yes, I am. I am glad too. And I will tell you, I was, I mean, like in the grand scheme of things, I'm fine. It was a moment that I thought was a little scary, like where afterwards I thought like, God, that could have been bad. Like that, it could have ended much worse. So I have to ask you, unrelated to me falling down stairs, um, you often comment on the weather when we, as an environmental psychologist, uh, how are you feeling about uh, the snow? You know, um, I, I do live in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yes. <laughs> so uh, it is not unexpected. Uh, and so I, I I'm trying to be grateful for it. How's that? Look that at me learning and growing as a person. Normally I would have answered, I think it's disgusting and I wish <laughs> it would stop, but I'm trying to be the better person and I'm trying to um, see the positive. So I think it, and you posted on social media last night uh, that you thought it was a winter wonderland. And I was like, yeah. gosh, darn it, making me feel bad for my negative attitude. So I'm going to do better. So it's lovely. <laughs> I am I am pro snow. If in my mind, if it's going to be cold, uh, then there had better be snow. And so I am pretty uh, I'm pretty excited to have this. My my fear for this winter is actually cold, but with no snow. That's the the worst case scenario for me. Do so, you not read the Farmer's Almanac? Farmer's I do not Almanac. read the Farmer's Almanac. Am I supposed to? Yes, they predict the weather better than the weather people can the day of. And huh. they said it's going to be a very snowy winter for oh. us. So you are going to be so happy. And I think probably one of our guests specifically who might do a sport that yes. might involve snow will probably be happy as well. So that's another preview yes. for what's coming up. So what are we doing today, Ryan? Another dynamite <laughs> segue, Georgina Wilson-Dundas. Let's get to our guests. Um, so we've got three super, super guests, all of whom are students in our brand new sport and performance psychology program here at UW-Green Bay, that program we call SEP. So we are, of course, calling this a SEPisode of our podcast. I know, everybody groaned, dad jokes, nothing but, nothing but the finest dad jokes for me. So our first guest graduated from UW-Green Bay last December with a degree in psychology with an emphasis on brain behavior and health and minors in human development and business administration. 
She participated in a wide variety of performance-related activities, such as musicals, choirs, business presentations, and dance, but she's also a runner, which makes her interested in both performance and exercise psychology topics. It's Anna Bomber. How are you, Anna? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing really, really well. I'm so glad you are here. Um, I'm interested in talking to you, too, about that side of, of, I guess, by way of uh, spoiler, um, my positive note is going to involve dance uh, in a little bit. Okay. So we will, uh, we will come back to that in a second, but super glad you are here. Thank you. So our next guest, um, excuse me, our next guest completed his undergraduate studies at St. Norbert College, where he majored in psychology with an emphasis in sociology. Uh, he was a collegiate golfer with St. Norbert College for three years and was elected captain his senior year. It's Bo Myers. How are you, Bo? Hello, I'm great. Uh, I want to thank you for having me on, on the show today. It's an honor. Um, oh. I'm very excited to kind of talk about SEP and what we, what we like to do and talk about. That, we're super happy to have you here. And I should tell you, I too was a psychology major with an emphasis in soci, or with a, with a minor in sociology, I should say. So a minor in criminal justice. So I think that is a great pairing. So I did not go on to a sport and performance psychology program though. So that's where our paths differ. <laughs> Um, all right, so our third guest also went to UW-Green Bay, majored in business admin with an emphasis in marketing and management, currently on the Nordic ski team and enjoys applying sports psych theories to performance. It's Sam Myers. How are you, Sam? I'm doing excellent as always. Just excited to be here and uh, spread the good, good word of SEP to everyone, hoping uh, this podcast can go viral. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> And, and uh, Sam, you are the one that will um, be very excited about the Farmer's Almanac prediction there of the big snow. Yes, yes, I am pro snow for sure. And if I want to get some facts right out there on the table, I believe Farmer's Almanac predicted around 84 inches of snow this year. The average snowfall in Green Bay is mid 50s. So I have nice. done some research about that and I think it's going to be a snowy winter. So I, I need love that. I need to know, in your experience, as someone who apparently keeps track of this, is it usually accurate? Yeah, Farmer's, at, Farmer's Almanac is, is definitely the most accurate uh, snow source. Okay, that is good to know. I can't believe you didn't believe me. Wow. Yeah, I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> And you like how as a scientist, I went immediately for anecdotal evidence instead of just <laughs> trusting you as a statistician. It was like, no, 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 let's ask the skier. So, so sorry about that, everyone. So, so let's, um, let, let's get into this. I want to, I think for our listeners, uh, it'd be interesting for them to know why you chose or why you decided to go to a program like this and what makes it a good fit. Why don't we start with um, Bo and we'll uh, kind of move around the list a little bit. Sure. So uh, I kind of chose this, chose this program because of how new it is. Um, I think it's very up to date with the theories and the applications of what's going on in SEP. Um, I was also very interested with the research that Dr. Chu does, um, that being kind of the performance aspect of he does table tennis. Um, so I'm looking forward in my future. I'm kind of interested in how different theories of SEP go into golfers. Uh, that's kind of the area and I'm interested in being a golfer myself it's definitely interesting to see how it plays out in my personal game as well as the uh, professional aspect as well um, so 
I also liked it due to uh, some of the proximity. I'm from Green Bay originally, so I got to kind of stay in the area, stay in my job. At um, I actually work for Baycare. It's a hospital in Green Bay. Uh, I work for orthopedic surgery, so I can kind of see how psychology plays into injury. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting being able to keep that job and apply set to that, as well as the potential for uh, internship and research positions within the program itself. And, you know, like the, the name of this master's program is Sport, Exercise, and Performance Psychology. And so I, I wanted to ask that same question to Anna uh, because she's uh, more on the musical and um, other performing arts kind of side of it. So what drew you to this program specifically? How was it a good fit for you? Well, to be honest, it kind of fell into my lap a little bit because once I hit the end of my psychology degree, I, I knew I didn't really want to do the traditional counseling kind of thing or the research path, and I was just kind of stuck not knowing what to do. Um, and I had a really good connection with Dr. Shu already doing an internship with him previously. Um, and I, I mean, when I first got, like started thinking about it, I was actually thinking about doing business but I've, I know my, a lot of my passion comes down to music and dance, and I've experienced a lot of performance anxiety myself in the past. So I think it kind of um, pushed me to do it just because, I don't know, figuring out what, you know, what helps people. And I, I knew I wanted to keep going to school, so it just kind of happened like that. And what about you, Sam, as an athlete uh, yourself, and you're currently competing, you're, um, you're still competing, uh, what drew you to this program? Uh, well, I kind of stumbled on this program. So I registered my freshman year uh, in order to be here for a fifth year. So last spring when I was signing up for my fall classes, I realized I only had one more business class remaining. Uh, so I, des I decided I should probably uh, figure something out uh, class-wise so I didn't have one class for two semesters. Uh, so then I just started looking at um, the university's grad programs and, and found this one. And um, it's, I, you know, I always kind of wanted to stay in sports uh, after I graduated um, from college. I didn't know in which way. I thought a lot about coaching. Um, and so when I found this program, I thought it would definitely – um, play to strengths uh, if I were to become a coach and so I just kind of went for it and applied and I uh, was lucky enough to get accepted into the program so it's it's uh, it's it just stumbled onto it but it's it's been fun so far and I'm definitely uh, looking forward to see where it takes me. You know one of the things that strikes me about this I mean so far in just in in those those intros right we've got three different sports that we've mentioned so far, table tennis, golf, uh, Nordic skiing, and then also all sorts of other types of performances like dance and musicals and things like that, and how very different those activities are from each other and how, you know, what that might mean from a performance perspective and that the skills required for to be a golfer are very different from the skills required, the psychological skills specifically are very different from the skills required to be a, a dancer or a musician. And so I wanna use that as a, a way of talking about the, the types of classes you are taking and kind of what experiences you're having so far just in this first semester of the program. Sorry, Anna, I should have said somebody's name as I, <laughs> as I introduced there. How we go with Anna? 
Um, so we have three classes. We have professional ethics, um, and then we have theories of sport and exercise, um, and then we have empathetic listening skills, which is kind of like a counseling type class, um, just to get us to listen well, <laughs> to <Right>. be blunt. <laughs> so Sam or Bo, talk me through like the theories course. What are some of the things that you're, you're exploring there? Sure. So um, a lot of it is just different uh, activities we can do with um, any kind of performer. Um, that can be things using things like mindfulness, um, getting athletes or performers just to be here in the current moment, getting themselves to focus on what, their, what the task at hand is. Uh, we also have focused on things like imagery. Uh, my group uh, did a presentation on how we can use imagery with different kinds of athletes. Um, using different models and different interventions to get different athletes to think about it in different ways. Imagine a successful performance. Imagine what it feels like, what it smells like. Basically, using all the images or all the senses to produce the most accurate image as the actual physical experience itself. And I, I wonder um, when I when I think about a class like that and Sam, you're currently competing. Are you taking what you're learning and like trying to self-diagnose yourself and, and uh, use those things in your performance currently? Uh, yeah, I actually have been. Um, something like mindfulness I've used um, just like before practice, um, before like a hard day, I'll try to, I'll try to use that. Um, I've definitely, uh, try to use some positive self-talk, you know, because when the days are getting colder and, and you're out there and um, definitely like use some of that. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm trying, I, we're not in the application side yet. So we just, we've learned all the theories, but not really how to apply them. So I'm trying my best to, to work on applying to my, myself. Um, but even further, I have a, a roommate that's on the golf team and so they had a team meeting once and this is this was the day before we had a big exam in theories of sports psych so i went down there and i heard them talking about a theory that we were talking about and so i had to chime in and say oh yeah i'm learning about that right now and then i kind of broke it down for them it was uh we were talking about arousal so like um how you know energetic you are before performance and so I just, I talked to them about that a little bit. Uh, it, it was pretty funny, but yeah, I've definitely been trying to apply some of these theories to myself and, and see if that I can make my own performance better. So why do you think that performers need a psychologist or need psychology? Bo, what do you think? You know, I think a lot of it comes down to athletes wanting the same thing, and that's to be their best. Um, and if they don't necessarily know how to improve themselves, if they're their physical best shape, you know, and they just can't find, they can't get over the hump, uh, it might be something more mental. Uh, so I think by utilizing a psychologist, we, or a certified mental performance coach, um, we would be able to teach them skills that might get them over that hump and get them to think about themselves and their performance in a different light than what they would if they just didn't pursue an individual in that position. 
Do you think it's different for, um, for an athlete um, because they're competing to win as opposed to maybe like a, a, a musical performer who is not really competing well, maybe they are <laughs> competing to win, but they're they're more performing um, for for a different purpose. And so, I I wonder, Sam, you wanted to say something, and so I, I will uh, let you chime in there, and then maybe Anna could add something in there as well. Yeah, I was just gonna uh, piggyback off of Bo and say, um, when you look at you know any type of athlete, high school, collegiate, or pro. Um, Every, in order to succeed, everyone is working on physical strengths to be the best. And especially at the pro level, everyone is doing the same type of workouts, the same type of strength. So the only way that you can really get an edge on someone is if you work on those mental skills. Um, so like for like, if, like choking during competition or um, if you're not concentrated, those are things that can greatly affect your performance. But also might be some concepts that athletes aren't thinking about. So by um, working on those mental skills, you are working on your overall performance and it, it means just as much, if not more than, than your physical skills. And then to answer your question um, about the, between like a competition and, and a, a musical performance, I think um, it's, it's all about success. And when you look at the similarities between an athlete and a musician, they're both, they want to succeed. They want to be the best that they can. And so I think through that, you, you do see similarities between their performance. Yeah. There, there's a different outcome, you know, um, in, in sports, you can see it. You, there's a definition, you either win or you lose. Um, in music, it's maybe more subjective, like, yes, that was a good performance. No, that was not. But I think between the two, they're, they're both just trying to be as successful as possible. And even if you don't have that competitiveness, like within the traditional sports, you're still getting up on a stage and experiencing all those same anxiety, which all of the things where you can lose your focus, um, you can be paying way too much attention to like the crowd or something like that. And you forget your train of thought, just like you could choke in a game. So you can use all those same like relaxation, mindfulness, visualization techniques that you can in sports. So they're actually quite similar. Now, Sam, you, your background is uh, in business. I'm wondering, what was it like to come into a sport, sport and performance psych program with that kind of background? Did you feel prepared? Uh, well, when we did all of our intros, I realized, so there's 17 of us in the program. And there's only uh, one other girl that's in business. So I definitely felt out of my element a little bit. Um, and I was like, I think I'm gonna have to do a lot of work to get up to where these people are. But I think um, for the most part, there, there's not a whole lot of undergrad psychology concepts that have been used. So in that regard, I did feel like I was on a uh, even playing field. And then I with my sport background, I think that also just helped me to feel confident about what we were learning. Um, and even further, I, I think I um, provide some variety to the program and a different perspective when it comes to business. Because um, business uh, is still, there's still performance involved, um, such as like a salesperson um, or, you know, executives um, leading, you know, leading their company. So um, 
there's still, there's still some performance involved. So at first, yeah, I was nervous about it, but I think I kind of find, found my role uh, right away and um, just, just all, it's all, you know, when it comes down to it, a lot of it's the same. It's just, it's just uh, performance. So, and I think um, the broadness of the program helps by being sport exercise and performance. I think that it kind of means that, you know, anyone with any undergrad, any background, they can, they can join this program and, and learn about performance and, and uh, getting a, a edge over the competition. You know, it's really interesting to hear you say that because I was a few weeks ago, or I guess two episodes ago, or maybe just our last episode was with Steve Bowie, who's a leader in the community here, owns a business and, and also does a lot of, um, I can't remember if he calls it life coaching, but that sort of work. And um, it feels like there's a lot of similarities between what we're talking about right now and what we talked about in that episode. And I think one of the things I've been struck by is that even, even for people who go on to be uh, professional athletes, even for people who go on and, and embrace performance for a long part of their life, it is still a relatively short career compared to so many other things. And, um, and I say this as someone, I had two family members who were seniors last year in high school. Sports were huge, huge parts of their life. And then COVID came and ended their high school careers. Neither of them are going on to play in college. So it sort of ended their, this big, important part of their life relatively early. And thinking about, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, the, the skills there and realizing that so much of the, the benefits that you get by being an athlete, by learning the types of skills you're talking about can be applied later on into other activities and that they aren't, it's not as though, well, I guess that was a waste, you know, once my, once my career in soccer or tennis or whatever is over, I can still do, uh, do and, and engage in these activities and have them be valuable. Yeah, Bo. So I actually think that's really interesting because those skills that you tend to learn in sports, you know, it can be resilience, uh, learning to stay, stay competitive, even when you're facing a deficit or if you're behind, you know, still, still strive to be the best, still try to be great. Uh, I think that's a big skill that a lot of people learn during sports. And I think it's one that is very beneficial throughout our life because when the, the times are tough, like right now, for example, with COVID, you know, it's all about being resilient and staying on top of our, our game, basically, and making sure that we get through what we need to go through. Georgina has heard me say this before, but this the skills my kids are learning right now, they are nine and 10 are things I didn't learn until college as far as having to stay on top of, of activities and having to continue to sort of self-motivate at a time when, um, you know, instead of having motivation come from teachers or peers and things like that, that I've, they've had to learn that now. Um, and, and that being potentially a, an upside of, of all of this sort of chaos and messiness and awfulness. I think also things like mindfulness and visualization or imagery um, can help us uh, envision hope, you know, like a see, see the future as successful, as positive, as, you know, beautiful. And I, I think that that helps me a, a lot as a, as a daily meditator, I um, try and focus on the future, on a future that is um, where I can hug my family. <laughs> you know? like, like that's what I'm looking forward to. And I think uh, that a lot of the things that 
you are learning in this program are um, helping you take that message and share it with performers, um, whatever their performance might be. I think that's pretty cool. Um, so I'm wondering about the future and talking about like a hopeful future and where you're headed. And I, I wonder if now in the first semester of this program, which is a four semester program, um, if you have an idea where you're headed, what are your future goals and how is this separate program helping you achieve those? And so um, Anna, why don't you start and then Bo and then Sam. So, I mean, what I think I'm going to do, because I'm still figuring it all out, is I want to eventually open up my own private practice, um, dealing with musicians, mostly singers, because that's more of my background. Um, but I would also like to explore um, exercise psychology, too, just to kind of broaden my scope. Um, and this program is helping a lot because it's giving us so much exposure to all these different types, which is great. Um, so I'm hoping to help um, our other uh, professor, Joe, help with the exercise program that she's hosting next year so I can get a little more experience on that um, and just gain little experiences on the way so I can at some point open up my own practice. And I should give a shout out to Joe Morrissey and the, the program that she's starting is called Exercise is Medicine. Uh, and that will, she will be launching that um, hopefully next year. So. Thanks for the shout out, Anna. <laughs> All right, go, Bo. So my goals don't end with this program. Um, so I'm actually hoping and starting to look into some PhD programs. Um, so I'm hoping to go into either clinical or counseling psychology just to break into the professional scene um, and preferably working with um, individual athletes, so golfers, tennis, um, those kind of those sports, but I mean, I'm really open to anything. Um, and I don't want to limit myself, but, and also keep myself open to opportunities. And I think this program is really just helping me shape the way I think about psychology and how that will play into my professional role. Um, the big one that I see myself applying every day is, um, ethics in the class with Dr. Morrissey. Um, just learning how different ethical issues will arise and how to kind of mitigate those and, and move around them if they were to arise in my practice. And then, uh, so I'm on the, there's two tracks um, for this program. There's the thesis and applied. Uh, so I'm on the applied track, which leads, leans more into uh, coaching or um, performance consulting. So, uh, when I originally came to the program, I was just thinking it would end here and um, then I'd go to coaching and just use what I've learned. Um, but now after being um, in the program for a couple months, I'm starting to think about becoming a CMPC, which is a certified uh, mental performance consultant. And so this program is helping a lot um, by um, meeting or helping me meet a lot of the requirements needed to become a CMPC. Um, so uh, next year, I'll, I'll do an internship, and that will help me to get um, a lot of hours that are required for that, um, as, as well as these classes that we're taking. Um, check those boxes for that. Very, very cool. So 
I want to make sure that listeners know where to learn more about this program. So they, if you are hearing this and you're interested in learning more, it's uh, uwgb.edu slash SEPP, S-E-P-P, which will take you to the sport exercise and performance psychology page. You can learn more about the program, how to apply, uh, things like that. As, uh, as we move into our final, uh, our final segment here, do any of you have anything last you want to say? Anything we missed? Anything we should have talked about? If you go on our website, you can see all of our faces. We've got all of our faces and bios on there. So you can kind of put a, a face to a name. That's really cool. I actually didn't know that, but I'm looking at it right now. Very nice. Cool. Thank you for that, Bo. Yeah, Sam. And I'll, I'll add one thing. Um, the style of classes that we're having is cohort. So uh, all the members that are in the program, we all take every class together. Uh, so that's just, it's something really cool that this program is doing. So if you're interested in applying, uh, it's a great way to get to know people fast. And uh, um, it, it kind of feels like you're, you're building a family with these people that are interested in, in that same program. So I, I think that's something that's really cool about it. I will tell you honestly, some of my best friends still are people I went to graduate school with who were in that cohort with me when I, when I started out. So it's been 20 years and uh, it's still a really important group of people. It's also really important because it's during these COVID times, but yet you're still able to build that family and um, that, that's an amazing thing. And so I, I appreciate the effort that you've been putting in to do that hard work during these times. So um, thinking towards positive things, uh, we always end every episode uh, with a positive note. And so today, Ryan and I thought, since we've been talking about um, sport, exercise, and performance psychology, uh, that we would reflect on one of those kinds of performance uh, memories that was very positive. And so um, should I start? Yes. I'm, go just ahead. Gonna, I'm just going to take it away. So um, I, I am not a, an athlete myself, but my children uh, who are now grown uh, were definitely athletes. And my daughter was a gymnast and gymnastics is a terrifying sport to watch as a parent. And I I remember Allie Raisman's uh, parents during the Olympics, just like watching them bob and weave as she's doing her beam routine. And that was a similar to how I experienced watching my daughter, um, except for one time. Um, she was, she made it to state. She was tiny. She was like 10 and she was uh, competing in the Wisconsin State Gymnastics um, competition uh, at a, a level six, which is uh, like pretty high up there for a tiny little thing. And she was competing on the floor and she was flawless. And I remember like watching her and it was like everybody else went away and it was just me and her like watching her. And it was like she was doing it in slow motion. And I've never experienced anything like that. It was sort of like a runner's high, but like a, a spectator uh, high of watching her. Um, and she, she scored the high of her personal best. And it was just amazing. And that will always be the most positive um, sport 
spectator memory that I think I will ever have. It was just a, like an amazingly beautiful moment. And I actually, um, when she ended, I found myself crying. I, and I didn't even know that I was <laughs> at the time. So that, that was pretty cool. How about you, Ryan? <laughs> so that is really cool. I have to tell people, if you don't know the Allie Raisman parents video that Georgina is referencing, please, please, as soon as this episode is over, go look it up because it is, but wait till the episode is over. Don't, don't go. Too <laughs> it is, it is spectacular. I, I've, I watch it every now and then just because it, it makes me smile. Um, yeah. So yeah, so mine's, mine's going to be similar, but a little different because it's not necessarily a specific example. It's more a, a collection of examples, but also related to my kids. So um, I have two sons. They are, one of them is very, very, very interested in, in dance. The other one is, he's a little less interested, but he still does it. He's still a dancer, but his, his go-to activity is soccer. And the, the funny thing about having sons who dance is how often people will say to me when I tell them that they dance, people will say something to me like, oh, yeah, that's really good for, and then some other activity that's not dance. Like, oh, that really makes him a good soccer player or football player or whatever. And I often respond with, also, it'll make him a good dancer, which is what <laughs> I want. And I, I bring that up because I, I do think just in, inherently the reason to dance is it's not to benefit any other activity it's because he loves it and because he's great at it and because it's beautiful to watch and and all of those other things um i will also say though that the thing that i think has been really interesting is that i have now watched both my sons who are nine and ten perform in front of audiences that i like of 500 sometimes a thousand people much larger than any audience I had ever performed in front of throughout most of my life or most of my career. You know, that I think I've done one talk that had an audience that big. Um, and so, and it was super stressful and probably because I'd never done it before. And so I think there is this, um, one of the things I think I'm realizing is that, yeah, there are some real additional benefits to these types of activities above and beyond the fact that they love it, that they're getting used to doing something and to performing in ways that most people don't get to and that that really means something. Um, and so I think that just when I think about sort of positive performance moments for me, if I have to pick a specific one, it is, they, were, they both did a hip hop routine together with, with the rest of their class. They've done one class together, um, a second one of that was ended by COVID, but one class together and it was great. It was really fun to see them both up on stage. It was really fun to see them supporting each other. It was really fun to see them just performing in front of a huge, huge crowd of people. So that would be my positive note. Yeah. And I think that goes along with what uh, all three of our fabulous guests today were talking about those skills that they learned as performers and um, that the, the passion that it grew in them for helping others perform to be their best. And um, I think that that will make the world of difference because sometimes you think, oh, you know, like sports are frivolous, you know, like, mm -hmm. but they are not. They are key to the people that we become and how successful we become no matter what we pursue. And so I think that both of our moments are, are kind of a, a testament to what uh, Anna, Sam, and Bo are studying. And um, I'm so excited to see what the three of you uh, 
turn out to do uh, after you are done with this program. Me too. So I want to do another quick thank you to our guests, Anna, Sam, and Bo. Definitely check out uwgb.edu slash SEP. Uh, that's with SEP with two P's, S-E-P-P, -P, to learn more about them and learn more about the program. Georgina, people who want to find you on social media should... G-E-O-R-J-E-A-N-N-A-W-D, Georgina W-D. Very good. Do you have anything else you want to plug or tell people about? This comes out like December 3rd. Anything? You know what? We forgot to say hi to Hunter. I know. I was about to do hi, that. Hi, Hunter. What's up? How's Hunter, it going, everybody? Intern. So sorry <laughs> that we didn't give you a shout out in the beginning, but I'm shouting out now, and that is all that matters. That's quite all right. The people know I'm always in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Awesome. So, G, anything else you want to plug or anything else you need to tell people about? You're working on a book or something right now. You should tell people about that, right? I am, but no one's going to want to buy a statistics textbook. It's not like the book that you wrote that people will actually buy that. Um, so why don't you tell them about your very interesting <laughs> well, that's book? that's not bad. Somebody okay. can find me on social media. They need a stats textbook. <laughs> All right. Well, I still think it's great. And I'm going to read your stats textbook. Uh, people can find me at RyCMart. That's R-Y-C-M-A-R-T. I'm on Twitter. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, because I'm trying to be cool. So, um, if only it, we had a video of you falling down the stairs for TikTok, well, then you could have gone like forward and backward. It could have been amazing. This is that the missed opportunity. <laughs> this is the lesson to be learned right now. I should have been recording all of that. I should just always record in the hopes that I'm going to have a near fatal accent that <laughs> uh, share with the world. Yeah, that was a terrible I miss. Love that. Yeah. What about the title of your book? Give it, it a is, shout out. Yes. It, the title is Why We Get Mad. It is, uh, I'm excited. It's available January 12th. It, oh, I can't remember the second half of the title. I'm choking. And where, where are my sports psychologists when I need them? <laughs> it's, it's called Why We Get Mad. Uh, how to Use Your Anger for Positive Change. Um, it's, uh, it's, I'm super excited about it. I'm looking forward to it coming out. And uh, it's been a lot of fun to write. So it's available wherever you buy books, probably. Maybe not wherever you buy them, but a lot of places where you buy them. So uh, yeah, and you can learn more about that by following at RyCMart, going to my website, alltheragescience.com. Um, you can also see the great work Hunter is doing by checking out Psych and Stuff on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's at Psych and Stuff in all of those places. Thank you very much for your work, Hunter. Thanks again to our guests. Psychology and Stuff is a production of Phoenix Studios at the University of Wisconsin, Green Bay. The executive producer is me, Ryan Martin, and the production manager is Kate Farley. Our audio production coordinator is Bill Salek. Our sound engineer for this episode is Sarah Miller. Our graphic designer is Kimberly Luis, and our intern is Hunter Garrett. Special thanks to our guests today, Sam, Anna, and Bo. If you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also head over to our website, uwgb.edu slash podcast, to check out past episodes of this and all our shows. I'm your host, Ryan Martin, and I'm here with my co-host, Georgina Wilson-Dungess. Keep being amazing.